Hello, welcome to College Essay Advisors podcast, an ongoing exploration of how to write college admissions essays that get you noticed and accepted. Hi, my name is Stacey Brooke, and I'm the founder and chief advisor here at College Essay Advisors. My name is Becca Myers, and I am director of advising at College Essay Advisors. And uh, today we are going to talk to you about the 2023-24 Harvard supplemental prompts and how to answer them. This year, Harvard has changed up its format entirely. Um, there are word limits for all essays, uh, and there are five short ones. So it actually kind of um, it actually kind of resembles more of the Ivy League um, supplements than it used to, or more of the other Ivy League supplements than it used to. So we're going to talk about all five of these. Um, it This application, along with other applications like Brown and Yale, um, I think gives students an opportunity to present quite a diverse survey, a lovely potpourri of subjects um, for admissions to chew on. And, uh, and I actually like this application. Harvard Harvard also has what many of the applications have added this year, uh, which is a um, kind of diversity and inclusion question that I believe that we believe is uh, has been put in there directly in response to the Supreme Court ruling this year. So, um, which so for that episode on yes, for that we're grateful. Sorry, did you want to say something, Becca? I am talking a lot. No, no, I would I just wanted to say that for me, it is harder to try to distribute info across five essays versus only two or three, even though they are shorter. I still think 200 words is is long enough that it involves the same amount of structural brainstorming and content creation that makes it challenging. I mean, I do think these 200 word answers are quite challenging in their own way because you do have to say something meaningful within a, a short space. But I think um, I think students tend to be maybe a little bit less intimidated by these than to say the 650 word Chicago, like off the wall, you know, second personal statement, as I call it, creative personal statement. Um, regardless. Okay, let's dive in. We're going to start with the first of five. 200 words. And this is the diversity statement that I was referring to that I think was inserted here to give students of color a chance to talk about things that the Supreme Court refuses to let colleges consider. So the first prompt here is Harvard has long recognized the importance of enrolling a diverse student body. How will the life experiences that shape who you are today enable you to contribute to Harvard? So the first way to approach this question, I think, and I just talked about this on a call with a high school. Sometimes I do presentations where I meet with high school students, seniors, and parents. And I think that it's most helpful to look at the different components of the question. So within 200 words, the first thing you need to do is figure out life experiences. And then, so you have to talk about what shaped you, and then you have to talk about what you will contribute. So within that space, it's a two-parter. You can't spend all 200 words on life experiences that have shaped you and not talk about contribution, nor can you jump right into, I'm going to join the field hockey team. There needs to be a balance where you think about how the two things will connect in very specific ways. 
So there are many ways of approaching this idea of diversity. Um, it can be as straightforward as cultural or ethnic diversity. It can be experiential diversity. What are experiences that you've had that maybe other students have not um, or may not have had? Like, for example, Stacey, would you say that having traveled with a parent who did missionary work, would that be diverse life experience? Of course. Absolutely. Would attending summer camp for 10 years be diversity? I don't think so. Okay. (laughs) I believe this prompt was added to the Harvard application as so many others like it were added to give students of color specifically an opportunity to talk about racial diversity and how that has impacted their lives especially since that's a component, race is a component that admissions can no longer consider independently. So I do believe that this question is here for a very specific population that's applying. At the same time, admissions wants to know how everyone engages with diversity. So you might not be a minority, but you still have to answer this question. And there are many ways for you to approach this. Well, I think it's most helpful for our listeners who don't have the immediate go-to to to think about how to approach this. Cause I know Mm -hmm. even from working on diversity supplements in the past that the students that get most tripped up by this are maybe students who are, I don't know, my, my white males or from, you know, relatively well-off socioeconomic backgrounds where they just think I have nothing to offer. And while it's wonderful that our pendulum is swinging and that we are making a more inclusive campus, I also don't want those students to feel badly about themselves in a way that they feel like there's nothing to say. So that's when we dig a little bit deeper, right? We think about, did either of your parents speak a second language at home? Do you have any really interesting cultural traditions? Do you feel like you have a diverse friend group? Have you ever stood up against a microaggression? Like there's all kinds of Mm -hmm. ways that you can be an ally without necessarily, like, I think this is an allyship question. 100%. 100%. Um, I totally agree with that and and would add that in that regard, if um, if you as a student are doing anything proactive to um, lend your privilege to a community that does not have as much in a certain place, that's something you can absolutely write about here. Absolutely. Or let's say you have like a sibling who's non-binary. The question isn't about your sibling, but it is about ways in which you offered support or you took that experience within your family and it enriched you. And so it made you think more outward about inclusion. So I think you don't want to use someone as a prop in your essay, right? You don't want them to just show up and then you pivot. But if it's authentic and it really changed your view, I think then it's you can use it. I mean, I once had a student, both of her parents were physicians and she had grown up sort of alongside the healthcare system. And that played a huge part in how she thought about the world. And she did happen to want to go into medicine. So that was very relevant to her application overall, but not every student sees their, sees their universe through the lens of who has access to healthcare, who doesn't have access to healthcare. Like what would happen if my parents weren't around to help this person with such and such. Um, so I think that is a great example of something that can count as diverse diversity in terms of experience or upbringing um, that isn't quite as obvious as some of the things people default to, for sure. Yes. Oh, here's a good example as well. Let's say that you've 
worked a job more than a week. Let's say that you've worked at a, rest- <laughs> at a restaurant. And mm-hmm. so you're thinking about diversity of staff. Like, I mm-hmm. think if you think about the ways that you've interacted with people who aren't like yourself, like I'm thinking back to when I was 19 and I spent a summer working at Disney World and I showed up there as part of the college program and I worked fast food at Epcot. Shout out to Pasta Piazza, which is now closed. But <laughs> my coworkers were all mostly, they were middle age. It was their full-time job. Many were Hispanic. English was a second language and I showed up getting college credit. And so that experience for me was really life-changing because I realized that what I thought was just me passing through for a summer was actually the way many people supported themselves full-time. And it made me take work more seriously. It made me think about my own background differently. And so I think that could be such an interesting example that's also very creative and interesting. Like no one, everyone perks up at Disney. So this idea that you would go and you would learn something beyond like a two character, two finger character point, but you'd actually learn about socioeconomic difference and ways that the job force is full of many different kinds of people. I don't know. I think that was interesting. This question isn't actually asking about your experience with diversity. It's asking about how will you contribute to the diversity of a campus? So basically Mm -hmm. what it's asking is what makes you a unique and independent spirit? What experiences do you have that that will on campus um, emerge to help you enrich the student body so it isn't about necessarily your interaction with a wide range of people or a diverse group of people it's more about what you will contribute personally I agree but it has to be based on your life experience though right that it shaped you I think it's actually an incredibly confusing question. Yeah, let's not answer it at all. <laughs> <laughs> Unsubscribe. Um, I, I think that, look, if you are a person of color who is hoping to talk about the impact of um, of embedded racism, societal inequity, et cetera, this gives you the opportunity to do that. If that's something that you feel is important to admissions, understanding your life and who you are. But this is one of the more open-ended diversity questions in that I think it does give people an opportunity to talk about um, a pretty a pretty wide open field of um, of subject matter as it relates to you personally. They kind of just want to know like what's different about you or what do you think is different about you or what has shaped you in a way that's going to make you an interesting component to this overall student body. Absolutely. Okay. The second question is, Briefly describe an intellectual experience that was important to you, 200 words. So this one, um, it can be something school-oriented. It can be a project that you completed in in one of your classes. It can be a course you took over the summer. Um, it also can be entirely self-motivated and self-driven. Is there something that you uh, that you learned about at a museum that took you down like a black hole of the internet, um, where you spent 70 billion hours on Reddit trying to figure out, I don't know what the inside of dinosaur fossils really look like. I would totally do that. Um, so this is really just, uh, it's, it's aiming to get at how curious are you? What do you do when something interests you? You're about to head off to a college campus full of incredibly smart people, many of whom are deeply intellectually curious. Are you one of those people? Prove it. Yes. <laughs> and when I work with students on this question, I am 
most interested in answering this in a way that is not directly aligned with the major, because I think it, I mean, it can, it can, it can have, it can cross over, but I think that answering this question outside of your field of study shows an interdisciplinary engagement and would make me perk up as a reader because it's an opportunity to show your breadth of interest. Um, you also are going to have, how do you hope to, to use your Harvard education in the future in 200 words coming right. up? So right. that might touch on your major and what you hope to study a little bit more. I do think you can, this, this could serve a little bit as a why essay for Harvard, just like kind of like a little baby one. If you wanted to, if there was something that you did that took up so much of your brain space, like I've worked with a student who was literally doing cancer research. It's what she wants to do with her life period. And she spent so many hours in the lab. I can't imagine her not writing about that for her intellectual experience here, especially since she's done some pretty incredible things, but that's not to say she doesn't have curiosity in other areas that she can explore. She totally could. But since these are only 200 words, I think you have the opportunity to kind of mix and match and see a lot of times we'll answer these questions with students and then we'll kind of move things around to get the best, um, mm -hmm. the best survey, the best combination, the best, um, the most diverse and complete representation of what a student has to offer. So um, I think it could go either way on that one. I do think with this question that admissions is like will likely lean towards in terms of what seats them, something that's maybe a little more structured, especially since students have those opportunities in front of them. Um, but it doesn't have to be. I mean, I think reading a book that lights you up and makes you think about something in a different way could also very well be an intellectual mm -hmm. experience. An old colleague of mine gave me the Brene Brown book, Daring Greatly. And have you read this book? Mm, I feel like you recommended it to me. And Maybe. I think do I might know have. Do you know who Brene Brown is? I do. I follow her on uh, Instagram. Okay. She's like the the kind of um, sort of like self-healthiness uh, that she's associated with is not usually something that's my bag. However, um, the whole book is about like owning your vulnerability. And that was like a concept that totally changed my life. I think it was maybe in like my late twenties or something like that, this idea that vulnerability is strength. Um, so that was both an intellectual and an emotional exercise and an epiphany. There are many questions that ask in these supplements, like what's an idea or something that excites you or that like changed the way you think about things. Like this is the one that always comes up for me because it completely revolutionized the way that I think about my own vulnerability and emotions and intellect and the way that those get applied in the world. Um, so it could just be, it could also be something like a very small one idea that you think about for like the rest of your life. That is I love that. That's really interesting. Experience. Um, okay. Next question. Briefly describe any of your extracurricular activities, employment experience, travel, or family responsibilities who have shaped who you are. Here's the amorphous Harvard question. I I'm used to. <laughs> it gives you 7,000 options. It's actually very similar to the activity question that used to exist here, but it gives you like a little bit more of an idea of what they're looking for. Basically, it's saying, tell us what else you do with your life and time that is of value to you. There's um, an or there. I just want to point that out to all of our listeners. So you mm -hmm. do not, that's not an and. Right. You do not. So have to do not talk about when you traveled with your 
family and had responsibilities alongside your extracurriculars. If all of those things somehow intertwine in one story, then, and you can fit it into 200 words, go for it. I guess that Um, would be amazing. That would be amazing. But, uh, but I think the core um, note of importance here is just make sure whatever you're elaborating on isn't covered in your extracurricular section, your activity section on the personal statement. This is 200 words for you to elaborate on something that, um, I mean, it can be, I I take that back. It can be mentioned there. This is going to crack open your motivations and give someone a sense of why you're doing the thing you're doing, but it has to be the most important thing or one of the most important things. And if there's something you can think about that isn't covered there, um, you know, that's always an exciting addition when you're sort of revealing yet another layer of yourself to admissions here. Family responsibilities um, is another one that I think is, it's a nice opportunity here. If, for example, you have to take care of a sick relative, if your parents work all the time and you're responsible for cooking your siblings dinner, this this is one of those that that p- provides some space for students who do have obligations that maybe not most students have. Like, here's the place to give yourself credit for that stuff. Yes, but without complaining for 200 words. I think it's an important 100%. to say, like kind of a tone check on that. Like, I can't believe I had to blah, 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 would not really be ideal. I, in my experience, students are not uh, inclined to do that as much as they are... Um, um, unwilling to give themselves the credit they deserve. <laughs> that's yeah. just my own, that's my own, um, that's just my own experience with students who, who shoulder a lot of that responsibility, but yes, complaining in any essay, not such a great idea. You can complain to us while you work on them, just like a little bit, not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> can we complain to you a little? That's our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening or watching. If you like our content, please like and subscribe to follow us for more. Happy writing.